Good morning, Orlando. Friday morning here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Glad you're up and at him early with us here at 6 o'clock for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning. A launch from the Cape that could be a lifesaver. Details coming up in one minute. The Norr-Salman trial begins. I'll take you inside the first day of court. We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. Six oh one on News Radio 1025. The latest satellite launch from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station is expected to be a lifesaver. Three, two, one. And liftoff of the Atlas V and NOAA's GOES-S, a highly sophisticated weather-watching eye in the sky. The United Launch Alliance Atlas V rocket blasted off as the launch window opened at 5.02 p.m. The satellite will help track storms and wildfires across the western U.S. and the Pacific Ocean. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Jury selection is underway in Orlando for the trial of the widow of the Pulse nightclub gunman, Nora Salmon is accused of helping her husband plan the deadly shooting. Yesterday, survivors of the attack were present in the federal courtroom as 10 potential jurors were questioned and four were excused. And I have some of the questions that were posed to all of the jurors. And, Alan, we've learned that this jury selection process is going to take a while. We'll have the latest on this in a moment. In Tallahassee, Bud, the battle over a school safety bill in the Florida legislature is getting so bad that Governor Rick Scott personally visited the House and Senate yesterday to try to get things moving. The governor is trying to convince state lawmakers to approve a school safety bill in the aftermath of the Parkland massacre, but Rick Scott does not support their idea to designate some teachers as marshals so they can carry guns on campus. I want to make sure we have uh, significant law enforcement presence at every school. I want to make sure we harden our schools but I don't support uh, arming teachers. When lawmakers announced their school safety plan last week, they thought it would be done as early as today. But floor debate will not begin until next week, and there's no guarantee they'll pass anything before the end of the session next Friday. Rick Flagg, Tallahassee. We're going to be talking about what's in the House and the Senate bills up there and where the stumbling blocks specifically are a little later in this hour, Alan. Meanwhile, Bud, there's a question in Washington. Has President Trump done a turnabout on gun control? He met last night with the NRA, and Fox's Jillian Turner has more. A senior NRA executive has sent Washington into a tailspin with just a single tweet following his meeting yesterday in the Oval Office. Chris Cox tweeted out, I had a great meeting tonight with that real Donald Trump. We all want safe schools, mental health reform, and to keep guns away from dangerous people. POTUS and VPOTUS support the Second Amendment, support strong due process, and don't want gun control. Now, this coming a day after President Trump stunned a group of bipartisan lawmakers at the White House during a meeting on gun safety with a pledge to do whatever it takes to make America's schools safer. For his part, Trump tweeted last night, good, parentheses, great, meeting in the Oval Office tonight with the NRA. The funeral for Billy Graham will be held today. President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence will attend the services in Charlotte, North Carolina. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and apparently a lot of Floridians are not aware that it's the number two cancer killer in the U.S. However, it's also one of the most preventable cancers. Florida ranks only 19th in colorectal cancer screening, 
Now that requires a colonoscopy, which Jacksonville gastroenterologist Dr. Jose Nieto says is not as big a deal as some people might think. And they are scared of the procedure. They think it's a more of an invasive procedure. And they don't know how easy it is and how, and how important it is to have this procedure done. Uh, the procedure takes about anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes, depending how many polyps are found. Regular screening beginning at age 50 reduces the risk of developing colorectal cancer by up to 90%. WFLA News Time is 6.05. A woman discovers she's her own twin sister. That story's online at 1025wfla.com. What? The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Alan Spector, you're messing with my mind here. I got all of this about the North Salmon trial and a gazillion hot topics this morning. And now all I'm doing, all I'm thinking about is trying to figure out how that can possibly be so. <laughs> a woman discovers she's her own twin sister, but I only have to give the headline. I don't have to explain Oh, it. man, oh, man, I'm completely distracted. i got to get back on track here. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays as only he can bring it. And in the control room, Yaffe, our executive producer, and our screener, Stephanie, the North Salmon trial, we've talked about it. Jury selection began yesterday. Fascinating day in court. I'll tell you what happened and what is coming next. But I've never given you an opportunity to weigh in on how you think this is going to go. Is the widow of the Pulse nightclub mass killer, Omar Mateen, and that is North Salman, is she ultimately going to be convicted or is she going to beat the rap that could send her up the river for the rest of her life? How do you think this will play out? Do you think she is guilty of the charges we've laid out for you? So I'd love to give you a little room here to weigh in on the North Salmon trial. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Our phone lines, 407-916-5400. If you prefer to go the text route, it's never busy, 23680. How you reach us there to weigh in on the Salmon trial Standard message and data rates apply. All of this in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. The widow of the Pulse nightclub killer Omar Mateen, who himself was killed by police on the night of June 12, 2016, but not before he murdered 49 people in cold blood at the Pulse nightclub and injured more than 50 more. Um, she is going on trial on a couple of very serious charges here in Orlando, and the jury selection process that's going to be laborious began yesterday. Salman is charged with providing material support to a foreign terrorist organization, that would be ISIS, and obstruction of justice for allegedly misleading the FBI agents investigating the massacre on June 12, 2016, Salman's pleaded not guilty to all charges. If she were to be convicted on all charges, uh, she would face life in prison. Okay? Now, here's the way this breaks down. The prosecutors are going to make the case, and I, and I really do believe she's guilty of sin. I'd never be a juror on this trial because I could never honestly say that I was objective for God's sakes, I think she was in on this with him all the way. I think there are volumes of evidence to that effect. I don't know how much of it's going to get to the courtroom and be allowed by the judge. That's a key here, too. But anyway, the prosecutors will make the case that Solomon was aware of Mateen's plans, her husband's plans, 
and that she could have tipped off authorities um, and and stopped this, okay? While the defense, on the other hand, is going to say, well, the client had no prior knowledge at all about this, and she was, you know, she's uh, she's an Arab wife who was uh, very deferential to her husband, and that he was so abusive she was afraid to do anything other than just do whatever he wanted, whether it was to drive him to scout the Pulse nightclub and other potential venues in Orlando for mass murder or whatever it was. She was afraid to go against him because he had been so abusive and that she even has post-traumatic stress disorder because of years of physical and mental abuse at the hands of her now-dead husband, okay? So that is what we're looking at here. The judge on this will be U.S. District Judge Paul Byron. Yesterday, he questioned 10 potential jurors, okay? And he expects to question 14 more today. Six of them survived to stay in the jury pool for the final selection, but but it's not determined that they will wind up in the jury for sure. He excused four people yesterday. A mother, a man who works on commission, a woman who said that she's got medical issues, can't serve on the jury, a woman who expressed strong opinions against guns. Now, this was interesting. They're saying the jury selection process could take 10 to 14 days, and the testimony does not begin until after that, of course. What happened yesterday was all the potential jurors, and there were more than 600 potential jurors. I didn't know that the pool was that large. They got to get it down to 12. They all had a 76-question questionnaire that they were provided with, but there were five general questions that everybody got, and here they are according to local media reports. Number one, whether the juror or a family member has ever been the victim of terrorism. Number two, if the terrorist attack of September 11, 2001 would make it difficult to be fair and impartial. Number three, would any other terrorist attacks in recent years make it difficult for you to remain unbiased? Number four, uh, did you know, and do you know anyone or did you know anyone affected by the school shooting in Parkland? And number five, do you have any opinions about people with lawfully owned weapons going to a gun range? Okay. In the courtroom yesterday, and it's open, there are no cameras, but it's open to the public, limited number of seats there. They had, um, they had people in support of Salman's family. A social justice advocate was there. Um, also, survivors of the terrorist attack at Pulse, victims, uh, families, and Barbara Palma, who, of course, owns the Pulse nightclub where the slaughter occurred. So now jury selection resumes, we're told, at 9 o'clock this morning. The judge expects to question 14 more potential jurors, seven before lunch, seven afterward. Court officials expect, as I said, it's going to take between seven and ten days to seat a 12-member jury with multiple alternates, and then the trial will span approximately three weeks. So that's what we're looking at here. I think she's totally guilty of all the charges against her, nor Salmon. Do you agree with me? Do you or not? Or do you think that, hey, you know what? Um, she had an abusive husband. Uh, she had nothing at all to do with this, didn't have a clue, would do whatever he said because of the fear he instilled in her. Okay? Do you think she's guilty or not? The other question is, do you think she'll be convicted or not? And I think that is a very distinctly different question. 
I think they can get her on obstruction of justice and send her up the river for several years. The big one is aiding and abetting a terrorist organization, ISIS, because that that would involve conviction for each one of the 49 people slaughtered by Omar Mateen. Okay, we learned that from our legal expert attorney, Jeff Kaufman, who will be joining us through the trial on uh, Good Morning uh, Orlando. So there they are. They're my two questions to you. Do you think Salman is guilty or innocent? Do you think she will be convicted or do you think she will be acquitted? I have yet to give you an opportunity to weigh in on this, and this is a big trial that will be watched nationally, the biggest here since Casey Anthony and George Zimmerman. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. The North Salmon trial has begun. The widow of the uh, Pulse nightclub killer Omar Mateen facing serious charges that with conviction on all charges would put her away behind prison bars forever. She denies that she is guilty of anything. Um, I think she's guilty of everything. But a jury, of course, will have to decide that. Yaffe, we asked for input from folks on all of this. And uh, what are you seeing on your text line there? Yeah, one person says this, which is I kind of agree with, says, I'm really surprised that she would be able to get a fair trial in this area because it's such a high-profile case. Yeah, and uh, legal experts are saying it's going to be very tough to seat the jury, but the judge said he thought he could get it done, and they did not change the venue. And all of these folks are from Central Florida, and that's why the pool is so vast. 600 potential (laughs) jurors to get it down to 12. You can understand that um, there's going to be all kinds of attrition because there'll be so many people who will say, I I really am hopelessly biased in one way or another from all of the coverage and what I've come to know, you know, and so there you go. So, you you, you know, to go from 600 down to 12, you don't normally have a pool that large, okay? And that's the issue of how hard it would be to seat an impartial, quote-unquote, jury. Yeah, and you ask people whether they believe she is guilty or not. One person says on the text line says she is guilty, but she will never be convicted. Person thinks that they will be afraid to convict her because she is a Muslim woman and will be terrified of the backlash if they do. Yeah, you know, that's a factor in there. That's a factor in there. I absolutely believe that that's going to be an issue. Okay, it's just going to quietly you know, be an undercurrent in the, in this trial. That's a great, great point by another one of our astute listeners. What do you guys think on this? The issue of, is she guilty or not? Will she be convicted or not? Yaffe, Steph? Well, I think she is guilty, especially when you read some of her earlier statements. And she basically said, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't tell people ahead of time that he was going to do this. Now, they're trying to make that not admissible in court. Right. That's what our... Our legal expert was saying, but that makes me think she's guilty. Now, whether she'll be convicted, I don't know. Kaufman, you know, kind of made me (laughs) question that. Our our attorney, our expert here. Steph, for as long as you can remember, you've been into the big trials. I mean, you really, really get into following them. And as we get testimony, we're going to send you on down to the courthouse, try to get you in there with the public seating. Yeah, no, I think she's 100% guilty. I mean, she knew exactly what her husband was up to. You can't tell me that she didn't know. But what if she was just intimidated, maybe feared for her life because he was so abusive? You know? I'm sorry, that can't be an excuse when you're talking about 49 innocent lives snuffed out, as far as I'm concerned. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy that argument either. No. It's really interesting when you you take a look at how this is uh, 
uh, unfolding. Uh, I, I think Mark Kaufman, or Jeff Kaufman, forgive me, I know a guy named Mark Kaufman, Jeff Kaufman, our attorney, our legal expert here, um, he was saying he thought they might be able to get the jury seated yesterday and today, right? And we would go on from there, and all of a sudden they're now saying, because they got such a vast pool of people, and it's going to be so difficult to get people that they consider to be impartial, that it could take 10 to 14 days. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a long process for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you go down to the trial, you know, you're going to have to stand online for hours, Steph. Are you ready to do that in the dark in the middle of the night? Oh, I'm ready. Really? I'm getting in there. I'm telling yeah? you. Yeah? Yeah? Can you keep your mouth shut in a courtroom, or are you going to cause a ruckus? I'm going to try. <laughs> to, to what? Cause a, <laughs> to, cause a, no, I to cause a ruckus or to keep your mouth no. closed? <laughs> I'll keep my mouth closed. <laughs> She's really into this stuff, though. I know so. it. I know it. That's interesting. You're so young. I mean, you, but you do remember the Casey Anthony trial, the George Absolutely. Zimmerman trials yep. here locally, right? You followed those oh, I did. very, very closely? Yep. You're too young for OJ. Yeah. What do you think lit you up about trials? I mean, it's an interesting thing for someone. You're in your 20s now. I guess. Florida Gator graduate. Uh, what is it about this? I mean, you've had an interest in the law or pursuing it or what? I kind of have been lately. Not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. I've always wanted to do something like that. Or Very cool. We'll see. Stephanie Mays, attorney at law. Oh, I don't know about that. And I have to go back to school. And see it on the door. <laughs> okay, so that's the Nor Salmon trial. We're going to catch up on what's going on in Washington in a host of areas. And also, later in this hour, we got those dueling gun bills in the Florida House and the Senate. I'm beginning to worry. We're not going to get anything of substance post-Parkland school massacre out of the Florida legislature. And I'll, I'll tell you where my concerns lie in this regard some things I, I believe absolutely need to get done. All right, we're coming up here at the bottom of the hour on Fridays. Alan Spector is in bringing us the news. Deb does other things. She's got a show in the afternoon on Fridays, uh, the Jim Colbert Show. She's a big, big part of over on our sister station across the hall, one uh, Real Radio. So Alan Spector, veteran newsman and a terrific guy to work with, uh, bringing us the news on Fridays. Uh, and he's got the story of Russia claiming to have a nuclear missile with unlimited range that we cannot stop and a school safety package running into roadblocks in Tallahassee. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. We are glad you're with us at 629. Alan Spector bringing us the news update here at the bottom of the hour. And Russia's Vladimir Putin has getting a lot of attention for a big speech he made yesterday. Let's talk about it, Alan. That's right, bud. Russia claims to have a nuclear-powered missile with unlimited range. Fox's Todd Pirro has more. Video shows the missile cruising around international defenses headed toward the U.S. Standing in front of that video during a presentation, Russian President Vladimir Putin at his State of the Nation speech. The new weapons include a nuclear-powered cruise missile, a nuclear-powered underwater drone, and a hypersonic missile. Putin claims they make NATO's U.S.-led missile defense system useless and are a signal to the West that efforts to hold Russia in check have failed. U.S. officials say it's all still in development. We're told the Pentagon plans on placing more missile interceptors throughout the U.S. In our 8 o'clock hour, we're going to have a live report on this and run down everything that uh, Putin is claiming. We hope none of it is true. It's pretty scary stuff. Well, the video showed the missile headed right for Florida. It so did. Apparently, he's heard the show. <laughs> oh! <laughs> this news brought to you by Trustco Bank. 
Florida's hometown bank. Four more students in Volusia County are facing charges for threatening violence at their schools. The three boys and a girl ages 14 to 17 attend Creekside Middle School, Deltona High, and New Smyrna Beach High. And that brings the number of students facing these types of charges in Volusia County alone to 15 since the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Broward County. Republican leaders in the Florida legislature may have trouble getting enough votes to pass their school safety plan. The Black Caucus has come out against the bill because it arms teachers and does not ban assault rifles. Senator Perry Thurston, Democrat from Fort Lauderdale, says the Parkland parents who came to the legislature for help are being deceived. When you do it to grieving parents who have just lost 17 children, now that's an insult. How you sleep? How do you How, sleep? You can't sleep with yourself if that's what you're doing, confusing and misleading people who just lost their children. Members of the Black Caucus described the school safety package as a political pacifier for the NRA that will put more guns in school and make them even more dangerous. Another change for downtown Orlando motorists as the I-4 Ultimate Construction Project continues. The eastbound Interstate 4 on-ramp from Michigan Street closed last night and will remain closed for one year. FDOT says the long-term ramp closure is necessary to provide a safe work zone so construction crews can safely construct new bridge and ramp structures at the I-4 and Michigan Street interchange. Asian stock markets are down sharply after President Trump announced he'll slap tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. Japan's Nikkei led the sell-off that started on Wall Street after Trump's announcement at the White House. It'll be 25% for steel. It'll be 10% for aluminum. And it'll be for a long period of time. The president says he plans to put the tariffs into effect next week. WFLA News Time is 6.36. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Alan, thank you very much. Updating our um, business report right now on the news. And boy, I'll tell you what, the president's announcement on, on the tariffs on imported steel and aluminum it seemed like the markets reacted and tanked almost immediately, and that was a big factor yesterday. But, hey, I'm not the expert. The expert is on the line with us now, live from New York City in the Bloomberg Newsroom, Gina Cervetti with the Friday morning Bloomberg Business Report. Gina, good morning to you. Bud, good morning to you. Uh, this, the go stock ahead. futures the, it, are... Yeah, go the, ahead. The, the, and it was the tariffs. I mean, it really yeah. rocked the markets yesterday. It certainly right? did. You didn't see yeah. that coming even at Bloomberg yesterday, did you? Well, there were some signs that the president was going to make some statements about the tariffs. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the day, we were sort of watching for this. Got it. And uh, certainly when the announcement was made, we saw the stock market taking a big tumble and the stock futures this morning are pointing to more losses on Wall Street today. Right now we have the Dow futures down 223 points. And as Alan said, there is a concern here that the world is on the brink of a trade war. First it was the valuations on Wall Street, then inflation concerns and the surging bond yields, and now this. Also in Japan, there's talk of an end to stimulus. That's compounding investor concerns. And as you mentioned, we saw the Nikkei down about 2.5% today. So yesterday, as the president 
promised to impose these substantial tariffs on foreign metal imports. The Dow was down 420 points when it was all over. That's a decline of 1.7%. It closed at 24,609. The S&P lost 36 points and closed at 2678. The NASDAQ was down 92 and closed at 7181. The Bloomberg Orlando index down about 1%. So it actually did just mm -hmm. a little bit better than what we saw in the broader market. Great job getting us all up to date on, on these things. Now, it's interesting to me, Gina, well, that it seems to me that, you know, people are buying guns in, in huge numbers in this country uh, and, and have been in recent years. And yet we saw that Remington, a longtime gun maker, is, is really on the ropes financially. And now you're telling us that another major gun maker that's been around forever is struggling. What is this mm -hmm. story? That's Smith & Wesson gunmaker, known today as American Outdoor Brands. It says consumer demand for guns is actually falling to, mm. quote, new lower levels, and that's leading the company to cut jobs. The gun industry did thrive under the Obama administration as firearms enthusiasts foresaw potential crackdowns and they rushed out to buy weapons, but those fears have eased and sales have fallen since President Donald Trump won the White House, bud. Gunmaker stocks then took a further hit after the February 14th shooting massacre at the high school in Florida. Uh, Sturm Ruger arrival, shares of that company also lower yesterday after the close when American Outdoor Brands announced its uh, latest results. And as you mentioned, Remington Outdoor has gone into bankruptcy. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're talking about these tariffs on uh, imported steel and, uh, and aluminum that the president wants to slap on that really spooked the markets and the Dow tanked big time, etc. You've been doing a little analysis at Bloomberg uh, because the fear is that there'll be retaliation in a trade war principally with the big hitter China. And you've got some perspectives on how that might play out from the Chinese side of the equation. Yes, Bloomberg has an interesting article this morning. Uh, President Trump's uh, proposed tariffs actually won't cause China too much pain. Bloomberg News says that if he really wanted to land a blow on the biggest trading nation, he'd need to target electronics, toys, and textiles. World Bank data shows that metals were just 5.1% of American imports from China in 2016, while machinery and electronics made up 48%. Things like furniture and toys accounted for 16.5%. Textiles and clothes, 8.6%. Fair enough. And if you you got an item here, if you can give me 20 or 30 seconds on this, Equifax has been put on notice. What's the story? Right. Well, you may have heard they expanded the number of people who were affected by that big hacking last year. Mm -hmm. And now the Credit Bureau says that the card payments industry may cut off access to certain data or impose fines if Equifax cannot prove that it's addressing its weaknesses. Good enough. Thank you very much. That's the Friday Bloomberg Business Report. Gina, have a great weekend. We'll look for you Monday morning, same time. Thanks, bud. You too. Gina Cervetti, the best. Now, coming up, we got News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Sharon Reed all over all kinds of things that are going on in Washington. Well, a lot of it focused on the Trump White House. We're going to sort it all out in a live report in a moment that you don't want to miss. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. First, though, an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you. Stick around. It's coming down the pike in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Right now, we're going to have a conversation here with News Radio 1025 national correspondent Sharon Reed on a host of things going on in the nation capital that we are all concerned about. Good Friday morning. Always great having you with us, Sharon. Thanks, but it's good to be here. You know, Gina Cervetti with the Bloomberg Business Report was focusing on how the markets got rocked yesterday by the president saying he wants to slap. 25% tariff on um, imported foreign steel, 10% on imported foreign 
aluminum. Mm -hmm. And um, he's trying to keep, I think, a campaign promise in those Rust Belt states that voted for him here where they've lost so many jobs overseas. It's absolutely right, and he's tweeting about it again this morning. He's tweeting when a country is, he says, USA in parentheses, is losing many billions of dollars on trade with virtually every country he does business with. He writes, trade wars are good and easy to win. He says, when we're down $100 billion with a certain country and they get cute, don't trade anymore. We win big. It's easy. But markets didn't like it yesterday on Wall Street. Overseas markets are down as well. You've got uh, a lot of uh, countries saying that they're going to retaliate. And there's a lot of talk of all the, the increases in products here in this country because of these tariffs from cars to beer cans will yeah. go up in price. So yeah. a lot of people not liking this at all. Yeah. Also, I was headlining our Florida legislature and, and the House having passed unanimously some restrictions on uh, uh, these opioids that get people hopelessly addicted, these prescription drugs. Uh, there was an opioid summit at the White House. The president was not expected to speak, but speak, but all of a sudden he popped up. What's the story? What happened yesterday there? That's right, he did, and he's talking about how the tough they're going to be. He's also tweeting about opioids again. He's talking about uh, uh, Eric Bowling from Fox being there and uh, how uh, he's going to come to the White House and talk about their new initiative. So he's you know, making that a, a focus as well. When there's a lot elsewhere going on, I think um, one of the other things that people are focusing on, uh, again, in tweets were last night, the couple of tweets that came out in regards to gun control, the president meeting with the NRA. No one kind of knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. And he, um, the lobbying head of the NRA, Chris Cox, tweeted out a tweet last night, almost around nine o'clock last night, actually, saying that the president and vice president support the Second Amendment, supports strong due process and don't want gun control. And then about an hour later, the president tweeted and said, good, great meeting in the Oval Office tonight with the NRA. And that's got a lot of people saying it looks like he's backing away a bit from that more moderate position that he had struck with the bipartisan group of lawmakers just a day earlier. Well, so, he seemed like he was sidling up to uh, liberal uh, California Senator Dianne Feinstein, who's all about an assault weapons ban, you know, and saying, hey, you know, we'll put some of her stuff in this bill and some of that guy's uh, stuff in this bill will have a comprehensive thing. Mm -hmm. And then you got the the big controversy over, you know, him saying, you know, take the guns away from these nut jobs first, worry about right. due process later. And right. a lot of people freaked out on on that. So it looks like they've kind of smoothed it over. Before you go, catch us up to date. Anything going on of note related to the ongoing Mueller investigation uh, into, among other things, we believe, uh, meddling by the Russians in the 2016 oh. election? Well, NBC News is reporting that the Mueller team has is building up a case against more Russians, specifically uh, likely to accuse them of hacking the information from the Democrats and leaking it during the election. Uh, NBC says that could come within the next weeks or months. Um, remember, just last week, they, or it was last month, I guess it was by now, Mueller's team brought charges against Russians who launched that social media campaign of misinformation. So it's moving forward on that front. And as that's all happening, you've got the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, doing a little saber-rattling, kind of a Cold War talk about yeah. a, a new nuclear-powered cruise missile that he says can penetrate any missile defense system. Yeah. The White House, the White House says that uh, U.S. defense capabilities are set, still second to none, but uh, that's uh, unsettling to hear words like that. Oh, it's explosive what Putin was saying. If any of it is true, it's really frightening. We're going to bring on your colleague uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, Bill Zimfer, to sort all of that saber-rattling by Putin. I want to thank you for another great job, News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Sharon Reed. And I know you've got another gig you're going to be going on to, and we won't have you here anymore. I got to tell you, it's always great when you come on because Aww. you are right on 
target and you give us a lot of information and uh, everybody can understand what it's all about when we get done with a Sharon Reed report. I really admire that and wish you oh, well. Thanks. Thank you, bud. It's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Take Thank good you. care and, uh, and, and I know she'll have a very bright future. Coming up here in just a moment, we got dueling gun bills in Tallahassee. We're going to get something done or not in the wake of the Parkland School Massacre. I'm beginning to wonder. That and Orlando's news, what are in traffic for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We'll get into this later when I have more time, but the president's also tweeting and ripping Alec Baldwin for that Saturday Night Live impersonation of him. <laughs> he really lets him have it. It's coming up. Now, listen. In the wake of the um, of the massacre at the school, the Douglas High School, that claimed 17 lives on that just unforgettable Valentine's Day, the horror of it all, Florida lawmakers said, we're going to get something done here. Now, there's not going to be any assault weapons ban. We know that's not happening, okay? It will not come out of Tallahassee. The governor doesn't support it. One thing we support, the governor's against, that both Republican majorities in the House and the Senate are in favor of is in these dueling House and Senate bills up in the state capitol now with one week to go, and they haven't been able to reconcile things as we thought they might. Calls for the Marshall Plan to train and arm on a voluntary basis teachers and other staff members in schools as a line of defense against a mass shooter who has come into what otherwise would be a fish-in-a-barrel scenario with a gun-free zone. That's what our schools are. They're a magnet for these people. They have to know there'll be armed resistance. And with a concealed carry marshal program, they wouldn't know who's got the guns and the weapons, okay? I think this is absolutely needed. The Republicans in the House and the Senate are for it. The Democrats, many of them are vehemently against it, okay? But the Democrats want some gun control measures. You know, one of them is banning the bump stocks that can turn a semi-automatic like an AR-15 into something approximating a machine gun, and really shoot a tremendous volume of bullets faster, okay? President says he's going to issue an order to get rid of bump, bump stocks, okay? But that's a Las Vegas thing. It's not a Parkland thing. We know that, okay? They'll probably get that done, but I wonder if they're going to get anything else done. Uh, the, uh, the Democrats want to increase from 18 to 21 the age limit for buying any gun, rifles included, not just handguns at 21, but rifles from 18 to 21, and impose a three-day waiting period for gun purchases and some other measures as well. Yaffe, I don't know that there's enough common ground here to get anything beyond banning bump stocks done in Tallahassee. I really don't think so. I'm really concerned about it. The the governor's against the Marshall program, okay, that we support. He was there pitching against that uh, when he showed up on uh, at the Capitol yesterday. Seems like they just can't compromise. No. You know, we think we could just have both. We could have some of um, the gun measures and some of the school safety measures, but there's no compromise on that, apparently. Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty lame, to be honest with you. No matter where you are on guns, if we come out of all of this trauma post-Parkland by banning bump stocks and that's it, I'm sorry. That's not good representation, in my view. Yeah, it's right. a good point. I mean, some of yeah. this stuff might be done on the national yeah. level, but we'll see. It's kind of yeah. up in the air there as well. Looking at the aftermath of the massacre down in um, in Parkland, okay, at the school, 17 dead you know, you've been hearing the stories about um, uh, the deputies, one, maybe more, who stayed outside and didn't go in. And the procedure there and elsewhere in law enforcement is that you run directly into a building when there's a school, when there's a shooting going on into the school. You don't set up a perimeter outside and try to figure out what is happening in there, okay? Um, 
Now we have, and Fox News and some other media outlets have obtained these logs from the Broward County Sheriff's. And listen to the what they find here. This was reported on Martha McCallum's show last night on Fox, and it was pretty compelling. At 2.21 p.m. on Valentine's Day, the shooting began. Seven minutes later, the gunfire stopped at 2.28. At 2.32, four minutes after that, a form a perimeter command was given by law enforcement. Form the perimeter four four minutes after the shooting has stopped, okay? By the time the SWAT team entered the school at 247, 2.47, let me do the math here, 26 minutes after the first shots were fired, about 20 minutes or so after the last shot was fired, the SWAT team enters the school, 247, Nicholas Cruz at that point blended in to the student body and is on his way out to purchase a beverage at a fast food restaurant, which he did at around 2.50. Now, what about these logs? They show a code 17S1, which reportedly means that the designated police captain for Parkland, Florida, gave that command to stage outside and to not go in. And um, really incensed by this is the uh, police union, uh, the sheriff's union head and, and deputy sheriff Jeff Bell, who was on with Martha McCallum. All of that time that went by, Yaffe, with nobody going in, which is exactly what the procedures are in the sheriff's handbook down there that you do in a scenario like this. And I, all the shooting was done, and the survivors, some of them were bleeding out and would join the dead. Breaks your heart. It truly does. Okay. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you at the top of the 7 o'clock hour as we bring you the latest on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning more students arrested for threatening school violence. Details are coming up in one minute. And in Tallahassee, Florida, lawmakers cracking down on texting while driving and sexual harassment. They seem to have hit a political wall. We're going to talk about this with you next on Good Morning Orlando. 704 on News Radio 1025. Four more students in Volusia County are facing charges for threatening violence at their schools. The three boys and a girl ages 14 to 17 attend Creekside Middle School, Deltona High, and New Smyrna Beach High. And that brings the number of students facing these types of charges in Volusia County to 15 since the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In Washington, the U.S. Senate has passed a resolution condemning what it calls the senseless attack at Stoneman Douglas High School last month and honoring the memory of the victims that were killed. The resolution was sponsored by Florida Republican Marco Rubio, who said the massacre could have been prevented. People saw something, and people said something. And yet, somehow, this deranged and violent individual was able to pass a background check and purchase not one, but ten separate firearms. Rubio is calling for increased background checks and said security in schools needs to be enhanced. Meanwhile, state lawmakers in Tallahassee are having trouble assembling their response to the Stoneman Douglas shooting. 
The House Speaker is facing resistance from the entire Black Caucus, from Democrats who say the school safety package doesn't do enough, and from Republicans who think it goes too far. So Representative Jose Oliva says the House will wait on the Senate to pass a school safety plan. Our position is going to be to hold our bill on the calendar here and work with the Senate to get the bill in a position that we agree on and then bring the Senate bill over and vote that one out next week. While just about everyone else in the Capitol believes the deal is falling apart, Representative Oliva told the House they're making tremendous progress on the issue. Rick Flagg, Tallahassee. Survivors of another mass shooting are showing up in federal court at Orlando this week. They're attending jury selection for Nora Salmon, the widow of the man who gunned down 49 people at the Pulse nightclub in June 2016. Salmon is charged with obstructing justice and aiding and abetting her husband in the attack. It could take a couple of weeks before a jury is chosen. Yeah, I went over the highlights from the courtroom yesterday. Very interesting, and we'll review that for folks just joining us later in this hour, Alan. All right, bud. A powerful next-generation weather satellite blasted off into space yesterday afternoon on a United Launch Alliance Atlas V rocket. Liftoff occurred at 5.02 p.m. just as the launch window opened at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's GOES-S weather satellite will provide forecasters with high-definition data from almost the entire Western Hemisphere. It's a bona fide matter of life and death, that is, getting a colonoscopy to detect colorectal cancer. Unfortunately, Florida ranks just 19th in colorectal screening. 50,000 colorectal cancers could be prevented if the proper screening is done, uh, as the recommendations of 50 years old, and if you're African-American, uh, early screening at 45. Jacksonville gastroenterologist Dr. Jose Nieto says people need to realize how easy the colonoscopy procedure is and how important it is in preventing the number two cancer killer. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. WFLA News Time is 7.07. How much money do people need to be happy? According to science... Really? They've nailed it. Nailed it. Find that story (laughs) online at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. As long as I have this job, you can make me happy for a lot less than that. It's great being with you. Alan Spector with the news on Fridays, top and bottom of the hour, whenever it breaks. Yaffe's our executive producer, and um, Stephanie is screening. I want to take your calls on this because I'm really concerned about things stalling out in Tallahassee with a week to go on the legislative session on texting while driving, making it a primary offense. This needs to happen. Most states in the union have done that, and they're dragging their feet in the Senate And also, what about all this talk about we were going to crack down on sexual harassment the way they do in the private sector workplace? That's also stalling out, and it's inexcusable. If you want to weigh in on these topics when we talk about it and lay out the issues, 407-916-5400 or text us at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. We'll dive in on these two hot topics out of the state capitol Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And I'll do that for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Making the offense of texting while driving in Florida a primary offense so cops don't have to ring you up for something else and then get you for texting while driving, which is the, I mean, that, that's a, this is a slam dunk. More than, I think, 43 states in the union have made texting while driving a primary offense, okay? 
Um, I'd like to see stiffer fines than what they have. I still think it's only $30. I don't think it's enough of a deterrent. There is no more deadly, dangerous practice of distracted driving than texting, sending text messages, or receiving same while you are driving down the road, okay? And, and all the stats show that. And the carnage just continues to grow. When you're texting while driving, you're taking your eyes off the road at highway speeds for the length of a football field, studies show. And, it, and it's just, it's outrageous that we cannot make this a primary offense and put some teeth into this law. Do you agree with me? When I drive home, there's nobody on the road when I come in here in the middle of the night. When I drive home in the morning, I see people weaving all over the place. I don't think they're drunk at 9.30 in the morning. They're texting while driving. You can see it. We have wrecks all the time from this has got to be shut down. You've got to change behavior by making the penalties greater. The first thing you need to do is make it so cops can actually enforce it, and it's got to be a primary offense. The Florida House voted 112 to 2 yesterday to make texting while driving a primary offense. And guess what? It's tied up in the Senate because Republican Senator Rob Bradley, a key Republican, he's blocking a bill in the Senate. He's concerned about giving too much power to the police, and he's concerned about privacy rights because the cops may have to look at your cell phone and what you've been doing on your cell phone a little bit uh, to determine that you, yes, are guilty of texting while driving, okay? Listen, I'm all about privacy rights, personal privacy. I get it, okay? But people are dying out there. Get this done. Are you kidding me? 112 to 2 in the House, and we can't get this thing to a vote in the Senate, it's outrageous. And then the sexual harassment, the Harvey Weinstein thing, and everything else that broke loose after it, and lawmakers in Tallahassee bounced out of office and people quitting and resigning because they've been caught sexually harassing, sexually assaulting women they work with or whatever. They all said, we're going to get this done. I remember the Senate President, Joe Negron, vowing on the first day of the session that now has a week to go that there'd be zero tolerance for sexual misconduct. Guess what? Guess what? The House unanimously passed a bill on Thursday, but Republican, I hate to say, Senator Dennis Baxley refuses to hear a Senate version of the bill, and he's a powerful figure in Tallahassee. He says it's not the right time to change laws and address this issue. He says, I just don't think this is ready yet. I think we need to have some time to absorb. What should you actually require in such a statute? Are you kidding me? The House passed this unanimously. The private sector has these protections for workers. And in Tallahassee, they can't get it done for the legislators and for people who work in Florida government to give women, principally, these kind of protections that are standard in the private workplace, standard where I work. I'm sure standard where you work if you work for a private corporation. Should be zero tolerance here. They can't get it done. And I am ashamed that we have a couple of key Republican senators who are standing in the way of two pieces of legislation that ought to be a slam dunk and should have been done weeks ago. Texting while driving is a primary offense and the sexual harassment protections that are needed. 407-916-5400. Are you with me on this? 
Are you outraged at how poorly sometimes we are represented? And I refuse to circle the wagons for these guys just because I tend to like Republican principles and I'm conservative politically. These are Republicans that are stopping this in Tallahassee. And these things need to happen in this state. And I'm calling them out. I want to know what you think on both these measures that are still tied up because of a couple of people who've got a burr under their saddle in the Florida Senate and have the power to block legislation that is needed in this state. 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. All right, I think we need to make in Florida, and I've crusaded for this before this microphone for a long time, texting while driving a primary offense, which it is in 43 other states at least. And where's all this sexual harassment protection, you know, um, in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein thing that set it all in motion, the Me Too movement, et cetera. They were going to get this done. The Republicans were going to get this done in this session. The Republican Senate leader was going to get this done, Joe Negrin. And now it looks like it may not get done. JR, you're joining us along I-4, and good morning to you. Thanks for listening and calling, JR. Good morning, bud. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing out there on the interstate? Well, I'm actually talking to you right now using the Bluetooth link in my car to where I can contact you and talk to you good. without taking my eyes off the road, and it is no more distracting mm-hmm. than if I were talking to someone in the seat beside me. Oh, I agree with you can, on that, but you understand I the problem also, with texting while I driving. Also, I can also send and receive text messages via voice-to-text. Right. I can dictate my text message, and when I receive one, it reads it back to me. Mm-hmm. Again, no distraction. Good. That, I think, needs to be addressed as far as sexual harassment there needs to be safeguards because people are losing their jobs that they have had for decades based solely on an accusation. No proof required. Yeah. A job you've had for 20 years, yeah. all of a sudden a peeved uh, oh, yeah. co-worker claims you made some kind of an inappropriate or sexual right. uh, harassing and poof, that job and, you're, and all you, you work sure. for are now gone. Listen, I'm, I'm with you on that, Jr. I'm with you on that. In the private sector, we have, we have those kind of protections, and we have the safeguards for the other side. And, and, and that can happen in Tallahassee. The House voted a very conservative, much more conservative than the, than, the, than the Senate. I mean, 111 to 2. They have safeguards built into it, and that's what the Senate needs to go ahead and do. But they can't get it done, Jr. Do they have, do they have substantial penalties for filing false reports. I can't tell you exactly what they are, but reportedly they do. I don't have the dollars and cents on that with me this morning. But, of course, you raise an important point. All we're talking about is having state government, you know, people who are serving in the public sector in this state, held to the same standards as we all are in the private sector. I don't think that's too much to ask, do you? Here is a, a call-in from Titusville. John, welcome to Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, bud. I, I couldn't agree with you more up to one point. Mm-hmm. And you just made the point, actually. Uh, texting and driving extremely dangerous. Uh, the the uh, fine should be raised to, to like at least over 100 or 200 But the caveat is first responders, police must also not text and drive. And they... I'm tired of carve-outs of in, in something like this. They, 
when you put on a uniform, you don't have a special powers uh, yeah. to text and drive. Yeah, I'm with you on that, 100%. Text line coming in, Yaffe, what do you see? Yeah, one person says this, says, I would only be for the texting bill if they require the police to catch you on your phone with their dash cam. So that's how they would catch you instead of going through your phone afterwards. Okay. Where are you on all of this, Yaffe? Um, well, the sexual harassment thing, I really don't understand why the senator is against it. He's, Dennis Baxley. He, he says it, yeah. it's not the time we need to think more carefully through on all of this. But he's really he's not even willing to hear it in committee. Yeah, see, that, that that's the kind of power play I just don't like from either side of the aisle. I just don't. I would want to know specifically what he has a problem with in yeah. the bill, and I haven't heard that. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, by the way, uh, I, I don't have time to take Derek's call out of Coco, but uh, Steph has on the screen here, he hadn't seen a commercial you know, for texting while driving as a primary offense on TV, but we run them all the time. I'm sure they have them on TV. We got them right here on WFLA Radio, right, Mike? Um, well, we run PSAs about the dangers of texting right. while driving. Yeah, yeah, and we play them all the time, yeah. Yeah, okay. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays, and he's up here on deck next and talking about Russia and their claims to have a nuclear missile with unlimited range that we cannot stop. Um, that's going to set the table for a live report on this important information, uh, this important story breaking out of Russia with Vladimir Putin in our 8 o'clock hour, and a school safety package running into roadblocks in Tallahassee. We've been talking about that. Alan will give you chapter and verse, particularly if you're just joining us here on the Friday edition of the show from Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good morning, Orlando. It's 730. Alan Spector with our news here at the bottom of the 7 o'clock hour on a Friday morning. What you got, Alan? Well, according to President Trump, bud, trade wars are good. One day after announcing the U.S. will soon slap tariffs on imported steel and aluminum, Trump tweeted this morning, when a country is losing many billions of dollars on trade with virtually every country it does business with, trade wars are good and easy to win. Meanwhile, other nations are reacting to the president's announcement. The United States' main trading partners condemning the president's plan. Canada calling the tariffs unacceptable and saying it will retaliate. There's a similar message from the EU, while Brazil says it's considering a response. And China, frequently criticized by the president for its trade practices, saying the U.S. should show restraint in using trade protection tools. Stock markets in Asia and Europe are down, with investors apparently concerned about a potential trade war. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A note for downtown Orlando motorists, you can't get on eastbound Interstate 4 from Michigan Street. That on-ramp closed last night and will remain closed for one year. It's part of the I-4 Ultimate Improvement Project. The detour for the closure is to enter eastbound I-4 from Cayley Avenue via Orange Blossom Trail. Republican leaders who control the Florida legislature are having trouble lining up votes for a school safety package. Members of the Black Caucus don't like the idea of arming teachers, and this is one of the rare occasions where Governor Rick Scott agrees with the caucus. I want to make sure we have significant law enforcement presence in all of our schools. I want to make sure we have the funding in there to make sure we harden our schools, metal detectors, our locks, bulletproof glass, things like that. But I do not believe in arming teachers. Scott even dropped by the House and Senate yesterday with one of the parents from the uh, Stoneman-Douglas shooting to lobby for the school safety bill. But with just one week left in the legislative session, there is still no deal. 
A Puerto Rican company is doing its part to help island residents transition to life in Central Florida. Global Mattress this week gave away 50 free mattresses to 22 families in Kissimmee. The White House says it's not surprised by Russia's claim it has an invincible missile. In a briefing yesterday, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said Russia's been building destabilizing weapons systems for over a decade and vowed that U.S. defense capabilities will remain second to none. The Magic continue their three-game homestand tonight against the Detroit Pistons at Amway Center. Orlando has lost seven straight. Elsewhere, bud, Mm -hmm. Academy Award nominees will find some personal protection items in their Oscar goodie bags Sunday night. Oh, that's right. Academy Awards this weekend. That's right. The gift bags are given to Oscar nominees each year by companies promoting their products and usually contain luxury items like jewelry, cosmetics, and plane tickets. This year's Oscar gift bag also includes a key ring-sized pepper spray, a gel pepper spray, two personal body alarms, and a kit that tells you if your drink has been drugged. Well, how about a muzzle? Do they have a muzzle there so they can shut up and not make political statements during the award show? There's is, no, that, is that in there any indication of that? no mention of that, bud. Really? Amazingly enough. Much needed, there's still time. We'll look into it, okay? <laughs> yeah. There's now an official cutoff point for who qualifies as a millennial. The Pew Research Center says anyone born between 1981 and 1996 is a millennial. And anyone between 22 and 37 years old is a millennial. The 16-year time span for the millennial generation is similar to that of Generation X, born between 1965 and 1980. Both generations are shorter than the 19-year span of baby boomers. I can't keep track of all of this stuff. You know, it used to be young people, middle-aged people, old people, and that was it. It does seem like it changes a lot, too. And it slides along, right, Yaffe? (laughs) Like what a millennial it seems different than what it was like a year ago or something. I blame the millennials for the whole thing. <laughs> oh, th- this is not our fault. No, no. Yes, yes. We, yes, this is your aren't, fault. Millennials aren't coming up with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. No, this is all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not us baby boomers. Are we done here? I got one more for you. Yeah, go ahead. A Pennsylvania man is under arrest for allegedly stealing meatballs. A criminal complaint says a man in Hazel Township called state police to report a pot of meatballs missing from his garage. He said he found 48-year-old Lehman Potter at his front door with red tomato sauce in his goatee. State police said the sauce on his face linked Potter to the meatball theft. I've heard of being caught red-handed, but not red-bearded. I feel really bad. I should have told you that Deb did that story yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) It's not your fault. It's my fault. Sorry, Alan. Hey, uh, Yaffe, Yaffe, how, Yaffe. how are you supposed to know I'm going to talk about meatballs? I had no idea. And I'm always glad when, I, when you're here with us on Fridays. I do appreciate it. Hey, I, I'm searching fr- frantically while you're doing the news here for the Trump tweet on Alec Baldwin and Saturday Night Live, and I cannot find it. I think I have thrown it in the round file here. But I wanted to bring it up especially for Alan Spector, and I'll tell you why here in just a moment. Yaffe, have you got it? Uh, give me one second. Yeah, if if you can bring it up, we, I want I want to read this to you. Okay, I got it. But I want Alan to listen here because somebody he knows very well comes up here. This is a Trump tweet this morning. Yeah, he said this, Alec Baldwin, whose dying mediocre career was saved by his terrible impersonation of me on SNL, <laughs> now says playing me was agony. Alec, it was agony for those who were forced to watch. Bring back Daryl Hammond, funnier and a far greater talent. 
who came out of Orlando, and you worked with him and knew him well in radio. I did. We worked together at a station called BJ105, which was the big top 40 station, the big hits station in the 1980s and going into the 1990s. Was he doing everyone's voice back then on the air? He was. He was incredible. Yeah. And uh, he and I would write comedy sketches for the morning radio oh, show. Oh, man, I would love to and do that. the beauty of it was having Daryl there who could impersonate anyone. So oh, you could boy. incorporate anyone into your sketch oh. that you wanted. He, he was so good. He would even do impressions of people in the office. And they were, <laughs> they were uncanny. Yeah. And uh, he was nice enough to mention me in his autobiography that came out a few years ago yeah, in the that. thank yous. He said, uh, thank you to Alan Spector for making my radio career possible. Isn't that something? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's lofty praise, and I'm sure you have very fond memories. What is uh, Daryl Hammond doing these days? Well, he's the announcer on SNL these days. Like Don Pardo used to be, Yeah, right? and, and they use him once in a while if they need Bill Clinton right. to show up, but uh, that's <laughs> about it. And he does stand-up? He does stand-up around yeah. the country and makes yeah. a lot of money doing that. Yeah. And he came out of Orlando and a great, great talent. And how cool that you shared a microphone with him. On the radio. I'm telling you, you're the, one of the most creative guys I know, Alan. I can only imagine how awesome you guys were on that station together. Well, we, we had a lot of fun, and when we were writing these sketches, uh, we just uh, we would laugh, like, for hours. <laughs> <laughs> just make each other laugh. We had similar senses of humor, and, and we worked and together very well. Well, I'm sure you gave that gift to the audience, you know, spread that good medicine of laughter all over the place. Fun to, uh, to catch up with you, Alan, and uh, your connection to Daryl Hammond, who came up in the Trump tweet <laughs> this morning. What an awesome talent. You too. All right, Alan, with the news coming up here at the top of the hour, whenever it breaks, and uh, we're going to catch those of you up who were not uh, with me later, (laughs) forgive me, going to catch you up on what we talked about earlier regarding the uh, first day of the Nor Salman trial. She's the widow of the Pulse nightclub killer, Omar Mateen. She's on trial facing charges that, if she's convicted, could send her to prison for the rest of her life, and she's only 31 tell you what happened yesterday and what's coming next in the Norris Salmon trial. We'll have that, and uh, we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio for you. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll have that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Spent a lot of time on the uh, first day of jury selection in the Norris Salmon trial during our 6 o'clock hour. Of course, she is uh, the widow of the Pulse nightclub killer, slaughtered 49 people, injured more than 50 in June of 19 of 2016 at the Pulse nightclub. We're talking about Omar Mateen, of course, and he was then shot to death by police. Um, She is um, facing charges of providing material support to a foreign terrorist organization. This guy was clearly an ISIS guy. His uh, um, communiques that night to 911 and police um, are confirmation of that. Also facing an obstruction of justice charge, Nor Salman, for uh, misleading law enforcement agents, the FBI, investigating that massacre right after it happened. Um, so they have jury selection going on right now, and they questioned 10 potential jurors yesterday, did U.S. District Judge Paul Byron, and six of them survived to go on to the next round. They're still in the jury pool here. They're going to question 14 more today, seven before lunch, seven after lunch. Uh, four of those 10 questioned yesterday were excused for various reasons, wouldn't be suitable for the jury. And um, you have to understand this. If you want to be a prospective juror for the North Salmon trial, and there are, believe it or not, more than 600 prospective jurors here, which is why, because it's going to be hard to find 12 people that the judge will decide and the prosecution and defense will agree 
can render a verdict in an impartial fashion. They need more than 600 to find 12, okay? And there's a 76-question questionnaire that they all have to fill out, and every one of the jurors yesterday, or prospective jurors, got five questions from the judge. They all got these same questions. Whether you wanted to know, the judge did, whether the juror or family member has ever been a victim of terrorism, if the terrorist attack of 9-11 would make it hard for them to be fair or impartial, um, would any other terrorist attacks in recent years make it difficult for them to remain unbiased? Did they know anyone affected by the Jewel school shooting in Parkland? And do they have any opinions about people with lawfully owned weapons going to a gun range? It's going to be a an exhaustive, laborious, slow-moving process. The judge has made it known. Stephanie's bummed out. We were going to send her down there next week. We thought testimony might begin after a couple of days of jury selection. Steph, we got you on hold because jury selection may go 10 to 14 days yeah. before witnesses are called. But when they are, you're going to try to get in the courtroom. You're going to down there and call us in the morning when yes. you're waiting online, right? Will do. And you're all over the big trials. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, not only do they need the 12 jurors, but they also need backups. Alternates. Well. Yep. 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 Absolutely. They have to get that done. Makes it even more complicated. Stay tuned. We'll be all over the North Selman trial. Um, that's a quick primer on exactly what happened um, uh, yesterday and what we anticipate today as jury selection is only now getting started. Good morning, Orlando. It's 7.58 right now. Hey, you like the Bee Gees? Staying Alive is the number one Bee Gees tribute band. They are coming to Orlando to the Plaza Live, and here's your chance to go. Staying Alive is going to be at the Plaza Live in Orlando on the 7th of March. That's next week. Here's how you get connected to this, all right? Log on to 1025WFLA.com and enter the keyword boogie. That's B-O-O-G-I-E for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the show and it's coming right up, so go to the website, and good luck to you. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays. He'll have the uh, top of the hour, a look at everything that is going on, including that weather satellite that launched from the Cape yesterday, and jury selection beginning for the trial of the Pulse gunman's widow. It's Good Morning Orlando, one hour to go for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. And we are glad you're with us coming up now on 759. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you. Good Friday morning to you here at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning a launch from the Cape could be a lifesaver. Details are coming up in one minute. How worried should we be about Putin's claims that he's got a hypersonic nuclear weapon? Traveling 20 times the speed of sound with unlimited range that we can't stop. We'll have a live report coming up next on Good Morning Orlando. 802 on News Radio 1025. The latest satellite launched from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station is expected to be a lifesaver. Three, two, one. And liftoff of the Atlas V and NOAA's GOES-S, a highly sophisticated weather-watching eye in the sky. The United Launch Alliance Atlas V rocket blasted off as the launch window opened at 5.02 p.m. The satellite will help track storms and wildfires across the western U.S. and the Pacific Ocean. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Jury selection is underway in Orlando for the trial of the widow of the Pulse nightclub gunman. Nora Salman is accused of helping her husband plan the deadly shooting. Yesterday, survivors of the attack were present in the federal courtroom as 10 potential jurors were questioned and four were excused. 
It appears the initial response to the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Broward County may have violated procedures. A Broward County dispatch log obtained by the Miami Herald shows deputies responding to the scene were told to form a perimeter around the building, even though protocol calls for them to enter the building. Black lawmakers in the Florida legislature have decided to oppose the school safety plan drafted in response to that shooting. Representative Bobby DuBose, a Democrat from Fort Lauderdale, says it doesn't address the real problem, guns. What has been put forth is an insincere and frankly tone-deaf move by leadership only made in an attempt to pass legislation that will cover their bases and primaries during the common election cycles. The Black Caucus does not support the idea of a Marshall program that allows teachers to be armed. That is part of the plan, and they want a ban on assault weapons. That is not in the plan. You'll have more on these dueling bills they cannot reconcile, at least not so far, in the House and Senate up in Tallahassee. Later in this hour, Alan. Has President Trump done a turnabout on gun control? He met last night with the NRA, and Fox's Jillian Turner has more. A senior NRA executive has sent Washington into a tailspin with just a single tweet following his meeting yesterday in the Oval Office. Chris Cox tweeted out, I had a great meeting tonight with that real Donald Trump. We all want safe schools, mental health reform, and to keep guns away from dangerous people. POTUS and VPOTUS support the Second Amendment, support strong due process, and don't want gun control. Now, this coming a day after President Trump stunned a group of bipartisan lawmakers at the White House during a meeting on gun safety with a pledge to do whatever it takes to make America's schools safer. For his part, Trump tweeted last night, good, parentheses, great, meeting in the Oval Office tonight with the NRA. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Colorectal cancer is one of the most preventable cancers, according to Jacksonville gastroenterologist Dr. Jose Nieto. If you detect polyps, it's a 100% uh, chance of uh, survival. If you even detect it extremely early, like a stage one, you're looking at a 90-plus percent chance of um, survival from colon cancer. Dr. Nieto says the problem is too few Floridians are being screened with a colonoscopy. Florida ranks just 19th in colorectal cancer screening in the United States. WFLA News time is 8.05. A 32-year-old college dropout refuses to leave her dorm room. That story's online now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Alan. Alan Spector bringing us the news on Fridays here, and he'll be back at the bottom of the hour whenever news breaks. Yeah, he's our executive producer in the control room. Alongside him, Stephanie, screening your calls. want to connect you with some really alarming news that came out of Russia yesterday. Big speech by President Vladimir Putin, who, by the way, is running for election. Talk about a slam dunk. <laughs> That'll be for sure, given the politics of Russia. And he's talking about... Um, upping the ante in a nuclear arms race in the 21st century with some technology that, if he's got it, is really pretty frightening. Bill Zimfer is our uh, News Radio 1025 national correspondent working the foreign desk on this Putin speech and, uh, and what he is claiming here. And uh, we're going to get to that here in just a moment, so stay tuned. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. I'll update as well here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So do we have a new arms race underway? Pretty scary what was coming out of Vladimir Putin's mouth yesterday over in Russia. Let's find out more about this and working the foreign desk for us. 
our national correspondent for News Radio 1025, Bill Zimfer. Bill, good morning to you. A lot of folks are concerned about what we're hearing from Putin. What can you tell us? Well, Bud, uh, there is reason for concern. Good morning. Uh, Vladimir Putin yesterday unveiled these new weapon systems in his State of the Nation address at Moscow, and uh, he had visual aids to accompany his speech, uh, meaning computer-generated images of some of these uh, some of these weapon systems he's talking about, like a low-flying cruise missile that is nuclear-powered, so basically can fly anywhere in the world and deliver a strike. Also, what's called hypersonic missile delivery systems. These are uh, state-of-the-art that not only Russia, but U.S. and China are also working on. It's a kind of a, a missile delivery system that could have a warhead skipping along the top of the atmosphere at speeds up to 13,000 miles per hour. It's also maneuverable so that you could get around missile defenses and obstacles before delivering your warheads. And eh, most of probably in his uh, uh, computer-generated graphic yesterday, those warheads dropped on Florida. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. That's why I have you on this morning, to be honest with you. <laughs> Wait a minute. What is that? That cheesy video that he had, and it looked like they nuked Tampa. Yeah, uh, you don't know if they were actually uh, trying to uh, get them toward Mar-a-Lago or, or Tampa, <laughs> McDill Air Force Base or, yeah. uh, or whatever. Uh, yeah, there are several targets that might be there in Florida, but a little bit disturbing to see that. Yeah, it's interesting. The White House kind of soft-pedaled this. They asked Press Secretary Sarah Sanders about this, and they say they've been you know, building destabilizing weapons for over a decade, the Russians, and they vowed that our defense capabilities will remain second to none. We're talking here, according to Putin, about this nuclear-powered cruise missile that can travel 20 times the speed of sound. I've done the math on this. We're talking more than 15,000 miles an hour, landing like a meteorite, unlimited range, cannot be intercepted. I Maybe they're just not telling us what we've got, but I'm not aware that we've ever touted anything like that, Bill, here in the U.S., no, we haven't, but we are working on it. Uh, in fact, there are two weapon systems, an advanced hypersonic weapon, and Lockheed Martin is working on what's called the Falcon hypersonic vehicle that can go Mach 20, like you said. Uh, so we continue to work on it. And maybe even more disturbing is that China is probably the closest of anybody of actually being able to deploy this type of missile system. Uh, Russia, we're not sure where they are in the development. The latest uh, estimates I saw were that they might be able to get that operational between 2020 and 2025, somewhere in there. Uh, it's doubtful that it's operational right now. But the other thing to remember, Bud, mm -hmm. anytime you're developing a weapon system that is as revolutionary as this, at the same time, you're working on a way to stop it. Well, absolutely, I would think so. Um, there also, uh, I suspect, are some politics involved here. Uh, Putin was given his, you know, State of Russia speech, as you indicated right off the top yesterday. This thing went on for like two hours. Uh, yeah. These dictators, they'll talk forever. But, but the point is, um, he's got an election coming up, right? So he may have been beating his chest uh, uh, with politics in mind, right? That's part of it as well. Yep, their election comes up in a couple of weeks, and while it's a foregone conclusion that he will win probably with 99% of the vote, uh, he still wanted to get a message out. The message was twofold, to the United States and the rest of the world that, yeah, we are beefing up our military, and number two, to the Russian people, that if you're concerned about national security, vote Putin. Okay, and also... Putin did say that they would only use that in retaliation. They would not initiate war against the U.S. using this technology if, in fact, they have it. 
Of course, and uh, and that's been the reason as a deterrent for a lot of countries to try to work on weapon systems. And remember, Bud, we have had weapons all around the world that sure. could destroy the globe many times over, uh, and they have never been used. So hopefully, with any kind of weapon system, you have calmer heads prevailing. Yeah, that's the concept in closing of mad, mutually assured destruction. We've had that since the dawn of the Cold War right. with the old Soviet Union, right, Bill? Yep, absolutely, yeah. yep. Yeah, thanks a lot for taking us... Uh, through this step by step, the very alarming news from the uh, from the Russian leader Vladimir Putin yesterday. Bill Zimfer working the foreign desk for us. Uh, always great to have you here on Good Morning Orlando. Have a terrific weekend, Bill. You do the same, Bud. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'll rest a little more easily now than I might have otherwise. But Yaffe, when you took a look at that graphic, by the way, you've posted uh, the video that uh, Putin has put out here that shows you know shows this thing. It looks like it's nuking Florida. Yeah, you know what's really interesting about that, though, that I just found out, I was just reading about it, that little part of it where it's nuking Florida is actually copied from an old Russian documentary on the first Satan missile. So it's not new. He just took it from that old documentary about an old missile they had and put it on this one. And I actually looked at the video. It's on YouTube. It's the same thing. No kidding. Yeah. So that's why he had that one little part going after Florida, but that's actually an old simulation. Oh, that pooty poot. Okay, so now <laughs> we've posted this on the website. Where can folks get a look at what Putin's putting out? Yeah, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. It's all kinds of other good stuff there on a daily basis that you put together for people to see yeah. who can't necessarily be with us for all three hours or would like to you know, have additional information, right? Well, yeah, on your on your blog page, I post a daily recap, which has the podcast, but has links to stories of things we've talked about and videos and stuff. So you want to catch up on the news of everything we talked about, it's all right there. 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. Keyword now, Dr. Kronhaus. Another keyword, BudScan 2.0 heart scan. And I, maybe I was naively optimistic in the wake of the horror of the... Um, the high school massacre in Broward County on Valentine's Day, two weeks and a couple of days ago, to think that the Florida legislature that seemed so energized at that point to do something in the realm of school safety and gun measures, okay? It looked like there's no question this is going to get done. Now I've got very serious questions that anything is going to get done in Tallahassee. We have these dueling gun bills in the House and the Senate. The plan was to reconcile them on Wednesday and to vote on the floor today or maybe even yesterday. It looks like they're not even close right now. And I don't know where they're going on this. I can tell you that the um, that the bill we're looking at here includes a program to train and arm on a voluntary basis teachers and other school staff members so they can they can use a firearm and they can carry it concealed, okay? We've been through all of this. Grady Judd is doing it to great effect down in, in Polk County. It's really kind of the model. It's something we think is needed. It's called a marshal program because like air marshals, you won't know who actually has the guns in the school. It will be a secret to everybody, including the next Nicholas Cruz, okay? The Marshall Program is a key to getting Republican support for this bill. Now, there are, within this bill, gun control measures, several of them, that would be a change that a lot of Democrats could get on board for. 
include banning bump stocks. That, that's a Las Vegas issue here, which takes a, a semi-automatic like, a, like an AR-15, and it's a device that allows it to shoot much faster and continuously, kind of like a machine gun. And, um, and an increase in the minimum age to buy any gun, rifles anything, from 18 to 21 in Florida, and uh, it would impose a three-day waiting period for gun purchases. Um, this is this is the compromise bill that has all been put together. Yesterday, you had Governor Scott over in the Capitol saying, I'm not for arming teachers. We're going to have law enforcement, but we're not going to arm teachers. Teachers teach, and the cops, you know, take care of the other stuff. So I don't know where any of this is going, Yaffe, and suddenly we have one week to go in the session. I would not be at all surprised if the only thing of substance that gets done here is completely irrelevant to the massacre in South Florida in Broward County on Valentine's Day, and that would be bump stocks that the president says he's going to get rid of anyway by executive order. Well, it seems like this is a reflection of the debate that's really going on around the country. You have yeah. one side that wants to focus just on the guns, right? and then you have the other side that wants to focus on school safety. And you can't seem to come to a compromise with that for some reason. It's happening in Florida, but it's happening across the country. The very least, we have got to come up with a program here, the legislation that passes that makes our schools more secure. Yeah. A Marshall program is part of that. The governor's got a $500 million plan that includes everything from high-tech locks to metal detectors to bulletproof glass and all of this. All of this is hanging in the fire right now, in, uh, hanging in the balance as we speak. Yeah, you would think they would at least be able to pass that part. You would think so. And it better be more than banning bump stocks when everything shakes out here. It really needs to be, okay? There's not going to be an assault rifle ban, okay? We've talked about it here. I'm not calling for that. That's not going to happen. But there's all of these other things here. And for God's sakes, we pay these people to be able to figure things out across party lines up there. They need to get it done. And I'm just I'm losing confidence that they're going to get anything of substance to protect our kids in these fish-in-a-barrel, gun-free zones we call our schools. Alan Spector joining us with the news. Boy, that weather forecast is news. We were about to touch 90 yesterday. <laughs> you suddenly realize we're going to be down in the 40s by tomorrow morning. Incredible. Speaking, though, of the news, you've got more on what the Russians may be up to. Yeah, for their part, the White House says U.S. defense capabilities are second to none. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said in a briefing yesterday the White House is not surprised by Russia's claim that claim is that it has an invincible missile missile with unlimited range. Fox's Todd Pirro has more. Video shows the missile cruising around international defenses headed toward the U.S. Standing in front of that video during a presentation, Russian President Vladimir Putin at his State of the Nation speech. The new weapons include a nuclear-powered cruise missile, a nuclear-powered underwater drone, and a hypersonic missile. Putin claims they make NATO's U.S.-led missile defense system useless and are a signal to the West that efforts to hold Russia in check have failed. U.S. officials say it's all still in development. And the Pentagon plans to place more missile interceptors throughout the country. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Another change for downtown Orlando motorists as the I-4 Ultimate Improvement Project continues. The eastbound Interstate 4 on-ramp from Michigan Street closed last night. It will remain closed for one year. 
FDOT says that long-term ramp closure is necessary to provide a safe work zone for construction crews constructing new bridge and ramp structures at the I-4 Michigan Street interchange. Uh, you're going to use instead Cayley via uh, Orange Blossom Trail. Okay. Closing it for a year yeah. is what we have, huh? That's it. Okay. One week ago, legislative leaders announced their response to the Broward County High School massacre, and if all had gone according to plan, it would have been approved today. But as Bud has been talking about, there's no deal yet, and time is running out. Ryan Petty's daughter died at Stoneman Douglas High, and he's urging lawmakers to concentrate on schools, not guns. If this uh, devolves into a gun control debate, we're, we're going to miss our opportunity to get something done. I don't want what happened to Elena to happen to any other children. If we secure our schools, we can prevent these things from happening. Petty joined Governor Rick Scott yesterday trying to convince lawmakers to set aside their differences and approve a school safety plan. But as of now, there is no plan, and there's just one week left in the legislative session. It was a strong 2017 for the place where shopping is a pleasure. Lakeland-based Publix yesterday reported profits for last year were up more than 13% from the year before to more than $2 billion. That has Publix position to make what one analyst believes will be huge long-term gains. Asian stock markets were down sharply after President Trump announced he'll slap tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. Japan's Nikkei led the sell-off that started on Wall Street after Trump's announcement at the White House. It'll be 25% for steel. It'll be 10% for aluminum. And it'll be for a long period of time. The president tweeted this morning, We must protect our country and our workers. Our steel industry is in bad shape. If you don't have steel, you don't have a country. What he's doing is keeping a promise to those Rust Belt states that got him elected, you know, from Pennsylvania to Michigan and some of the others during the campaign, you know, that we're, we're going to save your jobs. And I think that's where he's coming from. But, boy, it's rattled the markets, and a lot of people who are with him on a lot of things are not happy with this. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in about an hour or so up on Wall Street. Yep. Elsewhere, bud, yeah. a Wisconsin man is on track to eat 30000 30, thousand mcdonald's big macs by may <laughs> Thirty thousand of them in his lifetime yeah he's not just starting now and gonna have thirty thousand by may but uh, don gorski is no stranger to setting world's records in august of 2016 gorski had eaten twenty eight thousand seven hundred eighty eight big macs in his lifetime landing himself a title in the guinness world record books gorski was uh, featured on the documentary super size me he eats about 14 Big Macs a week. He says he purchases them in bulk and reheats them at home later. Apparently, there have been only eight days within the past 44 years that Gorski did not eat a Big Mac. Is he 44? How old is this guy? Well, it's it's 44 years that he's been eating Big Macs. I don't know how old he is. Well, he's at least 44, well, so you've got to figure I, he wouldn't. So let, I don't I, think as a baby he was. Right. had him in the high chair so, with Big so, Macs. So at least the guy's in his 50s. He's, he's still alive, so it hasn't killed him yet. Have you seen what he looked like? Is he 900 pounds or what? No, I have not seen him. We need to get a look, Yaffe. Find a picture of this guy and post it, will you? I do like Big Macs. We have 30,000 of them in a lifetime. I feel like I'd get sick of them, especially reheating them. You know, in the microwave or something, like he says. It's, but you're, I don't know. You're, now they have the Grand Mac, which yeah. is even bigger than the Big Mac. Then there, there's the Mac Junior, too, isn't there? Yeah. So the Grand Macs are good. I like them. Yeah? All right. It's that special sauce. 
It's good. Lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, and a sesame seed bun, as they once said. <laughs> what else is going on? Yeah, I'm playing on your nickel here. It's your stuff. What do you got? A Michigan man who wanted to buy a pet monkey is out thousands of dollars after being scammed. Don Abrigo says he thought he was purchasing a capuchin monkey from Hawaii, but after he sent the payment, the seller kept demanding more cash. Abrigo wound up sending about $5,000 in Amazon gift cards and money orders. He says he ignored the warnings and signs, for instance, how the seller's ID was McLovin. McLovin's the name of a character from the movie Superbad. Okay. The Better Business Bureau says when buying pets online, you should meet the animal in person to make sure it's real and in good health. Or you could well be the victim of monkey business, right? That's right. And finally, bud, today is National Read Across America Day, created by the National Education Association back in 1998. Some refer to it as Dr. Seuss Day. School systems across the country are doing their part to play a role, hosting special guests and events to get kids excited about reading. Dr. Seuss was the guy who lit me up for reading. My parents got me some of the Dr. Seuss books when I was a kid. I just loved them. I had all of them. Just the best. Absolutely. Hop on Pop and One Fish, Two Fish and... Green Eggs and Ham. And the the guy with all the hats. <laughs> Bartholomew Coven and the 500 Hats. That's, you know about that's great. Yeah. I just called it the guy with all the hats. You guys into Dr. Seuss, this is not just a generational thing, is it? And didn't, didn't you, weren't you reared on Dr. Seuss books? Yes, I was. Okay, I read Steph. it, but Clifford was the one I, I liked when I was a kid. The big red dog, Clifford. Well, that's not a Dr. Seuss thing. I know, but... That that was the book that got me into reading. That's what comforted you yeah. on lonely evenings uh-huh. as a small child. We continue to learn more about Mike Yaffe. <laughs> more than perhaps we would want to know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Sure. Always great having you with us here. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. All right, time for the sound judgment game. We're going to play it right now in a moment. Okay, no reading required, but you are going to have to place a phone call. If you have not won the sound judgment game in a month, the company rules say you are eligible. If you have won in the last several weeks, please step aside and let other folks have a shot at our dual prizes, the much-coveted brand-new Trump board game everybody's raving about. We've been giving them away, and we got some concert tickets as well, particularly for those of you who love the Bee Gees. Sound judgment coming up, 407-916-5400, along with our latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you, right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Time for the sound judgment game. Contestants in place playing for not one, but two prizes this morning. Stephanie, tell us about them. That's right, bud. So today, our sound judgment winner gets their very own copy of the brand-new Trump board policy game. Trump policy, play it with your family, play it with your friends, and very soon you'll know whether they are your friends. Trump policy gives everyone a chance to voice their opinion on key issues of the day and stand up for the kind of America they want. The new Trump policy game, a $40 value, is available at trumppolicy.net. But also we have a pair of tickets to the number one Bee Gees tribute, Staying Alive, Wednesday, March 7th, which is next week at the Plaza Live. All right, you're going on us, and you got the brand-new Trump board game that is, uh, you know, a hot, one of the hottest prizes we have had here. You're going to love it. It's an amazing thing. So are you ready? We're ready to go. If you want to get in, wait for a wrong answer because our lines are jammed right now. We'll open one up for you at 407-916-5400. Now, this didn't get much news coverage yesterday, at least as far as I could tell, but Vice President Mike Pence presided over a ceremony marking the 15th anniversary of one of the federal government's newest and largest bureaucracies we're all familiar with. 
want you to listen to the vice president, then use your sound judgment to tell me what government agency he's saluting. This department was forged in the crucible of crisis. But over the past 15 years, it has distinguished itself as a cornerstone of America's national security and law enforcement enterprise. Vice President Pence, what government department is he talking about? Let's go in reverse order and start on the toll-free line. Go ahead, toll-free. Department of Homeland Security. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Game over. Sorry, everybody else. You'll have to try again on Monday. We found a winner very, very quickly. Congratulations. You've won the concert tickets and the Trump board game. What do you think? Thank you. (laughs) I'm starting to lose you here. What's your first name, please? Robin. Robin? Where are you calling in from, Robin? Apopka. Oh, you're the famous Robin from Apopka. Been a part of our show calling in periodically since I've been on the air here, I think, on WFLA. Robin, always great to have you with us here. Thank you. I enjoy listening. Thank you so much. We enjoy having you here, and it's nice to know that one of our loyal listeners has won a couple of prizes in the Sound Judgment game. Now, you talked with Stephanie when you called in. I'm going to put you on hold and talk with her again to make the arrangements, okay? Okay. You have a great weekend, Robin. All right. Good deal. There we go. A little nervous talking to the Budman. Yaffe, why should anybody be nervous talking to the Budman? Robin's been a part of our audience forever. I have no idea. You're not quaking in your boots when you talk to me, are you? No, not even a little. (laughs) I'm Mr. Nice Guy. (laughs) Um, The North Salmon trial um, is now underway with jury selection, and uh, we talked about it at length earlier in the show. I'll just give you a quick primer on exactly what happened in the courtroom yesterday and what may lie ahead for today and beyond. Finding a jury uh, we knew was going to be tough, but perhaps, perhaps tougher than we had thought. So stay tuned on that. Finally, the uh, trial of the widow of Omar Mateen, the Pulse nightclub killer who slaughtered 49 people on June 12, 2016 and injured more than 50 more. The trial of North Salman begins. He's charged with providing material support to a foreign terrorist organization because Mateen had admitted in his 911 call that night that he was killing in the name of ISIS and Allah, okay? Also, she faces charges of obstruction of justice They say, and she allegedly misled law enforcement agents who were investigating that massacre, okay? And you can't do that. And if she were convicted on both counts here, uh, she would be in prison for the rest of her life. Jury selection began yesterday, and they didn't change the venue here. They say they can find, the judge thinks they can find 12 people who can be impartial, okay, that the prosecution of the defense will accept. They're drawing from a vast pool of 600-plus yesterday, um, they they interviewed 10, okay, and they um, they have six who are still in the jury pool. They're going to do more interviews today. They are now saying, and this was a surprise to us, that the jury selection process may take 10 to 14 days, and then we start having testimony from witnesses, and that portion of the trial could take about three weeks. Stephanie crashed and burned when we told her that because she's all excited about going down and covering the trial for us and getting in there because she loves the big trials. And you don't want to get down there when they're just doing jury selection. No, no. We want to wait until it's the time when we're going to have witnesses on the stand yep, that day, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And you're going to be in the courtroom and you'll you'll be online. You're going to get down there in the middle of the night for us, right? Yes, I am. I love I it. I plan on it. And okay. you realize you're not the judge. You're just there to watch. I know. 
I'm Don't bring your you, own gavel. I'm telling you, she is so opinionated, you know. Great rock-solid conservative. Big Trumpster here, Stephanie, our call screener. I'm just wondering if you're going to be able to just sit quietly during that trial if you hear something you don't like. I will, I promise. You I don't want to so? go to jail. I don't think I do very good in jail. Well, if that happens, we can cover that too. That'll I make hope for so. interesting <laughs> radio. Bail me out. <laughs> can she call screen if we have the right kind of hookup? Can she can she call screen from the Orange County Slammer? I'm pretty sure no. No, probably no. can't make no, that happen. No, you better come get me. I mean it. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, that, that's it. And uh, more jury selection uh, today. That's it for um, Power Packed Week here. We've had some great input on the phones and the text line here. We've had a lot of fun along the way, and it's always great to have you with us. Your seat is always reserved on the 50,000-watt front porch, right, left, center, wherever you are on the issues of the day. Have a great weekend. That's it from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.